Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us is the gospel lesson read previously, thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, there is a figure of speech called an oxymoron. It occurs when you bring two words together that have opposite meanings, like jumbo shrimp or freezer burn. A couple of years ago, my wife Ann and I were on a Footsteps of St. Paul tour, and as our tour bus pulled into Ephesus, I looked out the window and saw a sign on a store there that said, Genuine Fake Watches. An oxymoron, to be sure. Well, in our gospel lesson for today, we have a concept that I'm afraid many in our world might think to be an oxymoron, namely, great servant. Many people today look to the person who is being served as the great one, someone who might have a staff of servants to care for them and for their needs. And it seems that the disciples, James and John, in our gospel lesson for today, bought into that same philosophy. There is ample evidence that James and John left a very lucrative fishing business in order to follow Jesus. In fact, in the account where Jesus calls James and John to follow them, we read that James and John left their boats and the other workers and followed Jesus. They indeed thought, as the world thinks, that it's the rich, it's the wealthy, who are the great. They were upwardly mobile and probably thought that by following Jesus, they were going to gain greater prestige and prominence. And frankly, their experience as disciples up to that point would probably support that notion. You see, James and John, along with Peter, always seemed to be in the inner circle of the disciples. They were always around when something big was happening. For example, Jesus took only Peter, James, and John up to the mountain of transfiguration, where he was transfigured before their eyes. Jesus took only Peter, James, and John into the house of Jairus before he raised Jairus' daughter from death to life once again. And Jesus took only Peter, James, and John further into the Garden of Gethsemane on Monday, Thursday evening, where he prayed in earnest to the Father. James and John, along with Peter, seemed to be on the inner track of the disciples. And so with that as context, James and John come to Jesus and ask the ultimate question. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Jesus responds, what is it you want me to do for you? Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Those last three words are telling, aren't they? In your glory. 
They, like others, were expecting Jesus to set up here an earthly kingdom with a great deal of power and a great deal of majesty. And they wanted as much of that power and as much of that majesty as they could possibly have. Now, before we get too hard and too critical on these disciples, we also know from firsthand experience how nice it is to be served, don't we? We know how nice it is to be in the spotlight at times. It's that old sinful nature that still lurks around in our heart that turns us in on ourselves. Always self-indulgent. Always self-promoting. It's that old sinful nature that tries so very hard to turn us away from our God, away from our neighbor, and in on ourselves. These two disciples, James and John, would see the power and the glory of God, just not in the way they expected. For the power and glory of God are chiefly shown not in the way the disciples were thinking, and not in the way the world is thinking, by a great display of power and might, but rather in serving, in putting the needs of others above our own. And nowhere is the power and the glory of God more visible and more clearly seen than on the cross, where Jesus sheds his blood where Jesus voluntarily lays down his life for the sins of the world. It's on the cross that Jesus drank deeply from the cup of God's wrath and anger over sin. He drank every last drop of that anger and that blood. And he did that for you and for me and for all people. You and I have no greater servant on the face of this earth than Jesus Christ, our Savior. Just stop and think about that for a moment. The almighty, all-powerful God who was there at creation, through whom everything was created that was created, serves us. Although in the eyes of the disciples, although in the eyes of the world, Great servant might be an oxymoron. It is not in the eyes of Jesus, and it is not in the kingdom of God. For as Jesus said in our gospel lesson, whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first must be slave of all. Even as the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, in gratitude toward God, and more specifically to Jesus Christ, we as God's children live our lives. By the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, we have been set free from our sin and from the guilt of our sin. As people who have been set free, we are now free to serve God and our neighbor. And as people who have been set free 
Today at St. Paul's, we are focusing on servanthood. We are focusing on the ways that we can serve one another here at St. Paul's. We are also focusing on ways that we can serve those outside of our St. Paul's family, those that we haven't even met or maybe will never meet. We're focusing how, on how each and every one of us can be totally involved in fulfilling the mission that God has given us here, namely to strengthen the saved and save the lost. Now, perhaps you're already serving here in a number of different ways, but you might want to change. You might want to change in that type of service. Perhaps in other cases, you're wanting to serve here at St. Paul's, but you don't know where to begin. And so I would direct your attention to the insert that's in your bulletin today. It is entitled Servanthood Sunday. It has four sides on an insert that describe the many different ways that you can be involved here at St. Paul's with your time and your talent in service, and it has a brief description after each and every one of those. And then there is also a one-page response page that has, again, opportunities for you to check a box in front of the area in which you would like to serve, place your name and contact information on it, and then we would ask you to fold this one-page sheet up and deposit it in one of the two boxes up in front or one of the two boxes back in the narthex. And those boxes will continue to be up throughout the coming week and next weekend also, if you would like additional time in order to prayerfully consider these different opportunities to serve here in our midst. And I would submit to you that there is great joy in serving with one another here at St. Paul's. What a great example of that we had this past Friday night when 36 of our middle school youth came together to make gift baskets for our homebound members. They did so, also eating pizza and holiday pies together. The event was called Pie It Forward, and it's the second time it has happened in as many years. They experienced great joy in serving together. And just think of the joy that the recipients of those gift baskets are going to experience as well. And what a great joy it is to serve here in our midst here at St. Paul's on a day when we, as God's servants, are receiving 58 new members, 15 of them by adult confirmation. What a joy it has been to have four baptisms in four days here at St. Paul's. God continues to bless us by bringing so many different people into our midst in the St. Paul's family. And we pray God's abundant and deep blessing upon those who are being taken into membership this day. May they continue to be blessed as they are fed with word and sacrament here in our midst. And I would submit to you also that there is great community. There is great connection in serving together here at St. Paul's. There's probably no greater example of that than our adult choir. As they get together, not just to rehearse, not just to sing through music, 
but they actually stop to pray with and for one another and for people outside of that choir. You may well have been prayed for without your even knowing it by the members of our adult choir. Wouldn't it be great if we could get our greeters up and going once again to greet people as they come to worship? Wouldn't it be great if we could get more ushers? Wouldn't it be great if we could get more Sunday school teachers? And the list could go on and on as all of us together experience the joy and the connectedness of serving God together in our midst. Great servanthood, as we have learned this morning, is not an oxymoron. It is instead a description of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is a description of the Christian life. May God continue to work in us so that it may be said of each one of us, he or she is a great servant. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.